The Engineering of a Slave. My name is Che. This is the No Spoon Podcast. What's going on? Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this next episode of the No Spoon Podcast. Again, my name is Che, and I'm your host. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and everybody that has been supporting and listening and um, sharing this and getting this out to as many people as possible. I appreciate that. Um, it does not go unnoticed. Trust me, please do not think that it does. It It is the most that we need and the most that I can ask from you guys is just to listen and to um, you know, support in any way that you can. And even if it's just listening, I'm fine with that, you know. I don't ask for a whole lot, and I, I don't think that I have a right to ask for a whole lot other than just listen to what I got to say. Whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it's cool. Like, I'm I'm all right with that. I'm all right with people that don't necessarily agree with everything that I say. Um, that's the, you know, that's, that's the part of discourse that we need to have, that we just, sometimes we agree to disagree. And I'm not the type of person that is like you have to hear and you have to listen to what I got to say and you have to agree with it. No, not at all. But, um... This is a couple of days like later than I usually try to put things out. I was feeling a little sick um, at the beginning of the week, so um, if you hear me, I still feel a little congested, and um, <clears throat> as you see, like I might have to clear my throat every once in a while and get something to drink. But you know, I'm gonna keep pushing through, and I'm feeling you know pretty much all right now. So we're gonna get to it. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, like, leave a comment, do what you got to do, um, you know, good or bad, I'm not tripping at all, for real. <laughs> um, a lot has happened, a lot has transpired. Today we're going to get into a little bit more, like, um, I guess into the geopolitics of things, but also kind of just lead, connect the dots. You know, that's the main thing, to connect the dots, and I think is, as a person that's, you know, sitting up here speaking... Um, obviously I don't have as, as, as big a platform as some other people, but at the same time, um, I'm willing to speak, I'm willing to talk, I'm willing to put out my, you know, put my opinions, my ideas out there. I think that, I think that they can be beneficial to people, you know, um, my experiences, my, um, the knowledge that I've accumulated and acquired over the years, I think is, is, is important. And, um, the perspective that I bring to the table, I think is important. And so, you know. That's what we're doing. But um, I kind of just wanted to break some things down real quick and, and, and show you um, how do we get into this situation. You know, we've been talking a lot about, like, you know, what are we going to do? And a lot of it comes down to just, you know, mindset. And I think right now the the biggest problem that we have more than anything else is we have a cultural problem. And the culture today is breeding subservient people it's breeding people that um are need to be dependent they need something they're looking for something outside of themselves to come and save them and the problem with that is that when that's the mindset that you have right that you need you know to be saved that you cannot be self-sufficient and independent. And, and to a certain extent, um, the kind of conditions are creating that. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm going to kind of break that down here in a second so we can, we can see how we've gotten to this point. But I think that we're getting hit from all different angles. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not just a head-on attack and we can just sit here and say, okay, this is happening. We see it. Like, we're getting hit from the right, the left, the front, the back, up, down, everywhere. Like, we're just, it, it's, it's constant bombardment. And that's what happens when the culture has been co-opted and, and taken over by um, people that have an agenda, you know. Um, but first, we have to understand, like, what that agenda is. And, you know, there's been a lot of things of, like, conspiracy theories and, you know, people saying, like, the Great Reset and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, like, that stuff is true. The, like, the Great Reset, they've actu- they're actually doing that, like... They wrote a book on that. Klaus Schwab is the head of the economic forum, um, or the World Economic Forum. Um, and this is the forum that brings together all the world leaders, economists, um, influential <laughs> billionaires. I mean, people with the money, the power, the wealth, everything that you need to control the world, basically. These are the movers and shakers that we are living up under, so to speak. And they come together and they have a meeting of the minds and they've literally wrote a book on how COVID-19 would introduce the Great Reset. Now, from their perspective, what they're saying is that this Great Reset, you know, COVID, well, COVID-19 was a natural phenomenon that just happened. And that in response to that, this is what how they're going to restructure the world, right? And... Basically, what we're moving towards is a one-world government where everybody is under one umbrella organization. So, national sovereignty um, is pretty much gets eliminated. You know what I mean? And we already kind of see, like, um, precursor organizations. The United Nations is one of them. NATO, um, you know, those type of things are... are, are you know, the European Union, these are precursors towards a one world government, a, you know, complete takeover and control of, you know, the world's resources and population. And what they are saying is COVID-19 gives us that opportunity. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe that COVID-19 is exactly um, what they needed in order to facilitate this. I think this is something that they've known that was going to happen for a long time. When you start talking about, you know, going back, and we can, and we can keep going back, and we can keep going back to the creation of a central bank here in the United States. We can keep going back to 1913 and when the Federal Reserve was created. We can go back to 1971 when we came off the gold standard. Um and we are essentially having fiat currency, which is what we have now, uh, or OPEC, when it was agreed upon that the dollar, you know, the OPEC dollar, where the dollar would only be, a U.S. dollar would only be accepted for oil, and that is what gave it its strength. Um, I personally just think that um, the world elite, and that's, what we're gonna, that's the name we're going to call them, but these are not just, you know, these are people in all different types of industries, you know, Primarily, we're talking about bankers, inter- international financiers, people that have been able to control currency, been able to control interest rates, been able to control who gets loans, who doesn't get loans. I mean, you're basically the gatekeeper for who can become wealthy and who who doesn't. And, you know, 
these people are all about making money. Well, I, I the way I look at it, like fiat currency, and you know we talked about this before that they're, it's fake money. It's money that's not backed by anything. You know, the U.S. dollar was backed at one time by gold. We got off of that, and you can't really just look at 1971 and say, well, when Nixon took us off the gold standard. I mean, we were already moving in that direction. We were already printing more money above, you know, what we had in the the gold reserves. So it was when I believe it was France that called the U.S. on their on their gold and was like, okay, we we want our gold for, you know, the the you know the dollars that we have, and that's what prompted Nixon to say, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Which is, you know, that's interesting how you can just do that. You know what I mean? How you could just say. Okay, like this this note is a promissory note. It's worth so much in gold. And then when they come and say, okay, now I want my gold, it's like, well, we're not doing that anymore. So I don't know what you want to do. And so when what happened is, you know, then the OPEC deal gets done and they start to now say that we're only going to accept U.S. dollars for oil. And pretty much that was done in exchange for, you know, U.S. Um, protection you know militarily in in the middle east saudi arabia and all these different countries and whatnot and so in essentially our dollar was backed by military force you know what i mean as long as we were the strongest country as long as we had the best military then our dollar would be strong and um you know that's 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 basically what it came down to however if you don't have a currency that's backed by something it's not back you know it's it's basically worthless and so your your base you were we were living a dream for a long time the american dream where everybody was getting wealthy everybody was getting rich the rich were getting super rich mega rich you know tycoon rich you know what i'm saying and so the middle class benefited as well the middle class you know homeowners good job five, six kids, you know what I mean, living up under one roof, under one income, driving two cars, I mean, this is just the American dream, you know what I'm saying, the way you take care of your family, provide for them, you know, send them to college, you know, you know, get a good job, this is, this is the, this was the American dream, and everybody was living it, everybody, people were taking vacations, and, you know, for the most part, we enjoyed a great deal of prosperity, but, it's like a great deal of prosperity on credit. You know, I keep saying this, I use this analogy, it's almost like, you know, you get here's here's a credit card with, you know, $100,000 credit limit or whatnot. You're going to live pretty well for a while, but eventually you have to pay it back. Eventually people are going to come and say they want theirs. Eventually the the population is going to realize that the currency that is being used is no good. Eventually other countries are going to realize your military is not that great. And then when you have foreign adversaries that are infiltrating, you know, our higher levels of institu academic institutions, um, they're infiltrating our military, they're infiltrating our national intelligence agencies. You know what I'm saying? Like all these things come start unraveling slowly but surely. And we're getting to a point, and I believe that they've already known this because this is what happens when you have fake money and it, it, it's almost there's an expiration date well these people understood that so what's so what their next plan is okay now that we have attained this mega fortunes right 
along with power, along with wealth, now we have to consolidate that power. And we have to start to merge this power into one. And this is what the World Economic Forum is, and this is what the Great Reset is. It's really just to bring everybody up under their control. Now, as you see certain things going on, um, you know, you see these major, major, you know, uh, uh, you know, things like black uh, entities like businesses like BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street that own trillions of dollars in assets that they're willing to pay more in dollars for real estate than the asking price. Now, that should tell you something. That should that red flag should go off. Why are you willing to get rid of more of of money than what they're asking? Well, the reason is so they can outbid people and take over the land, and then they know that the dollar's not going to be worth anything anyways. Because at the end of the day, it's all about land. Land is real wealth. That's tangible. Something that we can see. If you own land, you can do it. You own the resources. You own the resources. You control everything. And that's what's going on. That's why they're buying up farmland. That's why you see Bill Gates buying up most of the farmland in the United States. That's why you see China buying up farmland. That's why you see the thing what happened with the Dutch farmers. And they're trying to basically just bankrupt the Dutch farmers so that they have to have no choice but to sell their land. And they're going to sell it back to the corporatocracy. You know, these are the corporate entities that are backed by the power of governments. And this one world government is the agenda. Globalism is the agenda. Right. So this is what we've seen going on. Now, what what also has happened, like I said before, the middle class has been able to prosper as well. But what happened to the lower class? Well, the lower class, they kept them pacified through social programs, entitlement programs, welfare, uh, food stamps, uh, free health care, free education, free this, free that. Everything is free, 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 free. But they're they're getting that Nothing, obviously, we know nothing is free. Somebody has to pay for the labor. Labor. Somebody has to pay for the resources. Who do they get to do that? The middle class. They they guilt trip the middle class into paying for the lower class, right? Now, this serves two things. One, they know the middle class loves the system. They got rich off the system. They the middle class became prosperous under the system. You were able to buy a home under the system. You you got a job. These are people that pay their taxes. They go to church, they take care of their family, they support law enforcement. <coughs> Excuse me. I told you I was getting over something. <coughs> Excuse me again. <clears throat> These are, you know, average, everyday, um, you know, salt-of-the-earth Americans. They like to go on vacation once or twice a year. They like to take their kids to the baseball game. They like to go to a movie. They like to go out to dinner on payday. These are the people that work 9 to 5 and live a good life, right? They're not revolting. They lack one thing that is very important for somebody that's going to overthrow the system, and that is audacity. Vladimir Lenin said that. You want to be a revolutionary, you need three things. Audacity, audacity, and more audacity. You know who has audacity? criminals the people at the bottom they don't care about laws they don't they're poor they'll do whatever they have to do they're poor mentally they'll do whatever they feel they need to do and what happens is is we have a grifter class that comes in and placates to them 
tells them that their crimes are not their fault, that it's the reason of, of, of racism and white supremacy and systemic, systemic oppression and so on and so forth, colonization, things, remnants of old, you know, things of antiquity, right? They continuously play these games with these people, give them excuses. These people have no incentive to work. They have no incentive to, to go out and create anything better for themselves. They don't because they're handed everything. Go get your, go get your GR. Go get your welfare check. Go get your food stamps. Public education is free. All these things are free, free, free. Who pays for it? The middle class. The middle class isn't going to resist. Why do they give the lower class that these entitlements? Because they have audacity. They don't care about your laws. They don't. They'll break them. Life sentence, oh well. Death penalty, oh well. 20 years, 30 years, oh well. Those people have something. If they ever got it right, if they ever became politically inclined and understand who was really who was really causing these things, they would become a threat. But instead, they're placated because the system gives them free stuff. And now, the only revolting that they do is against the law when it comes to each other. They kill each other, they sell drugs to each other, they rob each other, they do these type of things to each other. They don't do it to the people that are causing the problems. They're distracted. Gang warfare, drug warfare, lack of, you know, two-parent households, lack of morality, lack of values, lack of principles, lack of convictions, a subculture that glorifies going to prison, that glorifies gangs, that glorifies drug use, that glorifies promiscuity, that glorifies immorality. All these things are, are, are the residual effects of what has been done to the middle class. I mean, to the lower class, excuse me. The middle class is the one that funds it. Guilt. Your ancestors did this, therefore you need to pay for that. Meanwhile, the people at the top have been restructuring things the whole time. We've been closely moving into this one world government for a long time. COVID is the excuse. They weren't going to come out and say, hey, guess what, everybody? We are in control now. You will do exactly what we say, when we say it, and how we say it. You weren't going to do that. You would resist that. But a virus, something that you can't see, smell, taste, or touch, something that you have to completely rely on their sources to tell you exist and is true, is what's going to prompt you to be able to, to do it. You're going to prompt you to support it. Now, you were out there. Oh, people ain't wearing masks. Oh, people don't want to get the jab. Oh, people don't want to stay home. That's why it's continuing on, on and on and on. We could have done this any time in history. We could have just picked flu season and said, hey, let's go ahead and run with that. Call it something different. Mass hysteria. Put it all on, on media, in the news. Have it on every channel. Get your favorite celebrities to say it. Tweet about it constantly, bots, constantly, trolling, constantly. Hashtags in your bio. Save home, stay home, save lives in your bio. All these different things that attributed to this mass hysteria that allow people to say, please help us. It's chaos. 
What's the, what's the phrase? Out of chaos, order. This is what they're doing. Why are they able to do that? Because for a while now, they have created a culture of dependency. This is the point of this episode. The engineering of a slave. That's what's happened. We have been cultivated, nurtured, molded into being codependent. You see, the biggest problem, somebody asked me this the other day, I was doing a couple podcasts, um, and somebody asked me what the what was the number one problem that I seen going on right now, the number one thing that I think that we need to address here in the United States, the number one problem. And to me, the number one problem that needs to be addressed is we don't teach people to overcome things anymore. We don't. We believe that we are stuck in exactly the this position that we are. If we're poor, we're going to stay poor. If we're angry, we're just mad. If we're sad, we're depressed. And if you're depressed, you have to go talk to a psychologist. And that psychologist will, will refer you to a psychiatrist. And that psychiatrist will refer you to a pharmacist. And that pharmacist will give you drugs. And the drugs will be paid for by the taxpayers that go into the pockets of Big Pharma. Big Pharma wants you to be depressed. Big Pharma wants you to be sick. They're all part of it. They're the people moving things at the top. Trust the science, remember? There's people making a lot of money off that science. You see, they don't want to tell you that you can overcome your depression. You can overcome your addiction. You can overcome your circumstances. They would rather tell you that you're a victim of... Um, Racism, sexism, genderism, whateverism that you want to throw out there. They'd rather tell you that you're a victim of that. And that as long as those apparatuses continue to stay in place, that you will never be able to prosper. Think about that for a second. And I say this all the time, and I've talked about this on past episodes. And you guys all know I work with the you know, um, population that's reentering back into the society from prison. So I know I've been and I've been reentered back into society from prison. So I've been through these programs. I've been through the programs where they constantly ingrain into your head that you're an addict. Why? Why do you keep telling me I'm an addict? I haven't used drugs in years. I haven't had a drink in years. I haven't committed a crime in years. And yet you want me to still say these things. You want me to affirm these things. That's what they are. Affirmations. I am affirming that I'm addicted, that I can never get away with that. I really ran into somebody. I went. I had to sit through an AA meeting. This is when I was, I was forced to go through this, right? Um, I'm not complaining about it because I was, you know, it was part of, it's just part of the, it was part of the script. But anyways, I have to go to an AA meeting. And this guy gets up there and says, I've been clean and sober for 30 years, but I haven't missed a meeting. And if I miss a meeting, I'm going to relapse. I'm thinking to myself, you're not an alcoholic anymore, bro. That's done. That's over with. Why do you keep affirming this? 
Why do you keep standing on that as if that's true? An alcoholic is somebody that is addicted to alcohol and needs to drink, and they do it every single day. Yet every single day for the past 30 years, you've got up and you've done the exact opposite. You stand up here in front of people and you tell these stories and then you say, I am an alcoholic. I am an addict. They're affirmations. One thing they tell you at the end of these meetings is, keep coming back, it works. What works? The meetings work. You have to go back to the meetings in order for it to work. You will not work if you disconnect from the meetings. What happens if there's no meetings? There's no program. And there's no program. People don't make any money. This is an industry. They want you to be dependent. All the way from Pfizer and Moderna down to the group leaders down to the facilitators. They all have a vested interest. I say this all the time. <coughs> Police need crime. Correctional officers need prisons. Prisons need criminals. Criminals need to commit crimes. It's a cycle. They all need it. If it stopped, they would create it. If you found a cure for cancer, it would never reach the market because so many people would lose. In order for this agenda that I'm talking about, this is a real agenda that's going on, you have to be dependent. You have to be in need and in want of somebody to save you. When COVID happened, what did people do? They ran to the supermarket, they stocked up on toilet paper of all things, and food and all kind of necessities. They did what? They panicked. It's over with. Everything, oh my God, oh God, my God, we need more water, we need toilet paper, we need Kleenex, we need Lysol. I, 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 I went to the store like the, like when this first all hit. I remember I'm, I'm like coming back from the gym, I'm just trying to pick something up to eat real quick, and I'm like... And it's everybody's in the store. And I've seen, I literally seen like two ladies with, they cleared out all the chicken. Like I had all the chicken in their baskets. They were buying it. Panic. And nobody knew because, and, and nobody, it wasn't like your neighbor was dropping dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh my God, you know, out of 50 people that live on this block, only 10 of us have survived. No. You just turn on the news, and the news, COVID, virus, pandemic, panic, state of emergency, all these different things, breaking news, all these different things that come, and they hit your senses, and you're like, oh, my God, it's over with. What are we going to do? Let's panic. Nothing nothing changed. A couple people got sick, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say people. People died, yeah. People die all the time. They died from... The common flu. Been through this before. You know what's happening. You panicked. So what happens when people panic? What happens when they put in mask mandates and now people get lax and their their awareness is down and they allow people to walk up on them because everybody's wearing a mask and then they pull a gun on them. Or people are able to go into stores and rob people, you know, smash and grab, take things, run out. You know, people are shooting people in the streets. You can't ID anybody because everybody got a mask on. 
No one's going to think twice if you walk into a bank with a mask, sunglasses, and a hat on, right? Nobody. Nobody's going to say anything about it. So you now crime goes up. Now people are scared to go outside of the house because crime is on, on the rise. They're scared of every kind of disease that's out there, any type of sniffle, cough, sneeze, panic. They need to go get one, two, three, four, five shots, and they'll get more if they need to. If they feel they need to, because, the, because Fauci said so, because Big Pharma said so. Scared of everything. There's people that are just scared. They, they, they have no reason to be scared. They're just scared. They're looking for answers. Guess who has the answers? Guess who's going to fill that void? Guess who's going to guess who's going to fill the vacuum of savior? Because that's what you're lacking. Because you can't control what's going on. This is too out of your league. The same people that created it are the people that are going to have the answers and the same people that you're going to run to. You run right back into them. Hey, they, hey, hey, they got the answer. Lock us down. Yes, please, lock us down. Thank you. They're doing something about it, guys. You know, this is why you can't have conversations with people. You know, I've noticed that. Like, you try to have a conversation with people. I had a conversation, a Twitter debate, you know. So, you know, the place where all the top intellectuals meet, right? And we were talking, and, and somebody, they're talking about, like, um, you know, there's people that just they're, just, they're like delusional. Insulin should be free. Healthcare should be free. You know, so the guy goes and says, insulin should be free. Well, then you should work 24-7 to produce it for free. Don't expect anything in return. Don't even expect a break or meal because there's a lot of people you got to get this free insulin to. And hopefully you can convince other people to join you because you're not going to be able to get this free insulin to everybody because somebody has to do the legwork, somebody has to do the labor, and somebody's going to have to pay for it because people don't work 24-7 for free. They have to sleep. They have to eat. They have to take care of their own needs. This is life. I don't, I'm sorry. Reality. You know, I know the truth hurts with people and nobody wants to tell the truth because everybody gets offended, but this is a reality, right? So this guy's saying, free insulin, this and this and that. And, and, you know, somebody had tweeted out, why don't we just abolish the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration? Get rid of that and you'll see prices go down, which is true, right? You'll see prices go down because a lot of these things are just regulations. A lot of the extra, you know, the extra fees that go on the overhead comes from regulations. So if we just limited the regulations, yeah, there would be things would be cheaper, right? And this is the problem with like the whole climate change thing. Like, you know, that's what they're doing to a lot of these, you know, small farmers and stuff like that, agriculturers and all these things. Like they're they're hitting them with so many different fees due to climate change, quote unquote, right? That they will eventually not be able to keep up and compete and they will have to sell and then they come up and they buy it and we know that land is wealth so who has the wealth mm. corporatocracy who has the power corporatocracy who is it backed by the federal government it's all the same thing they're all working together so i'm sitting so one person 
so somebody goes up, gets on there and they say when they say abolish the FDA, they say, well, people are going to die. Everybody's going to die then of food. I mean, people are going to get food poisoning because nobody's there to regulate it. And I said that, no, I don't think that's true, man, because let's put it to you like this. There's no FDA to regulate food, right? The minute McDonald's sells a cheeseburger that kills somebody or gets a lot of people sick, they don't sell any more cheeseburgers. Nobody's going to buy a cheeseburger that gets you sick or kills you. Right? And they say, well, you no, corporations are going to cut corners in order to make a profit. They always put profits over people. <sighs> yeah. Right. Profit is the motive. You're correct. But people are the ones that provide the profit. People are the ones that you serve your goods to. If your goods are defective and will eventually hurt people, kill people, get people sick, cause people to die, then people don't provide profits anymore. You go out of business. They have an incentive for actually having safe practices when it comes to their products. And that is they want people to buy it. Well, people don't. People, people will pay for cheaper stuff. It's, if it kills you? Well, if you want to go and you want to pay for a cheeseburger that will kill you, by all means, go ahead. But I don't think that there's going to be enough people willing to do so. And even after you do so, you're dead, so that customer's gone, right? That is going to be enough people to pay for death cheeseburgers in order to keep the lights on. Doesn't make any sense, right? Well, people these days, you know, they're, they're, a lot of people are ignorant to certain things. People don't have an incentive. They just believe the FDA. They believe the government. What incentive do they have to look into their products? They don't. It's good, it's good. McDonald's isn't good for you. A lot of this fast food stuff, most of them, not all of this fast food stuff is killing people. They're causing diabetes and heart disease and high cholesterol and things that are killing people eventually more than anything else, but people are still eating it. Yeah. The FDA still regulates it and lets it and, and allows it to be on the shelves. Yeah. What I'm saying is that what what's more likely to happen is that the FDA becomes like a cartel that allows people of gatekeepers to who's going to get rich and who's not be able, in, by you know uh, determining who gets to pass their inspections and they get kickbacks for it and it's another department that we can pay somebody six figures to run and they employ people and it's the fake industry doesn't really exist it's something that we decided that we needed and therefore we're going to pay a lot of our tax dollars towards and that gives more control to the federal government that's what they want they want more control and how they have control over the people is they control their wealth so you not do you not see what's going on here but see you can't have a conversation with people because people are dependent they can't see themselves. I say this, let the people decide. Put pow let's let's really live out the phrase power to the people and let the people be the ones to make the choice. Let the individual want to make the choice. If I want to go eat a cheeseburger from McDonald's that I know it is going to lead to heart disease and cholesterol, high cholesterol and diabetes and so on and so forth, that's my decision. And if that's going to lead to all these ailments, then I have to pay for the medical my my health care, then let me pay for it. That's my decision, not yours. You don't have to deal with any of that. 
But when we take power away from the people, we're putting it into the hands of the government and all these different entities that this to decide for you. And then they monopolize who the decision making. They're the only ones that get to decide these these regulations, these health code, this is what we need to do. And then they start making things up because they can make more departments for it. That only helps when you have people that believe you need a government to come and save you. This is why this is listen, this is why Republicans lose. Right? They lose because their only message is we're going to give you less. Less programs. Less health care. You can have health care. That's on you. Education, pay for it yourself. And the other side, they win because they're able to offer people things. But when you but that only works on people who are not self-sufficient who don't believe that they themselves and they alone can make their way. Now, a person like myself, who's self-sufficient, who's independent, who doesn't want anybody to hand out or anything like that, I don't care about your programs. I want, you, I want government to get out of the way. I want them to do what they were intended to do, and that was simply to do one thing and one thing only, ensure that my rights are protected, my freedom of speech, my right to bear arms and defend myself and my family and my property. A due process. If I'm ever accused of something, I've, I'm, there's a process that ensures that I have a fair trial by my peers. Those are the type of things government was created for. We have gotten away from that. Government now becomes like Santa Claus. Where you write a list, you send, you send it in to your favorite politician, and then they try to grant all your wishes for you. And you wait around like a little kid on Christmas. What's Santa Nancy Pelosi going to bring us today? What's Daddy Biden going to give us today? You see, they engineered you that way because they told you that you can't overcome your problems. That your problems were bigger than yourself. No, you are bigger than your problems. You can solve your problems. You can overcome your problems. You're depressed. You can overcome that. You choose your emotions. Your emotions don't choose you. Yes, life happens, but you need to overcome what happens. We don't choose what happens to us, but we choose how we respond. They don't want you to know that. They want you to squalor in your adversity instead of overcoming your adversity. They don't want you to fail. They want you to run for help. Instead of using failure as a springboard to success. They don't teach you those things. But they live that way. That's not what they're telling their kids. I seen a thing not too long ago where they said, we're going to, they have instructed teachers. I forget what school district this was in. To go easier and, be, and provide less discipline to black and brown kids. If they act out in class, if they get in trouble for fighting, talking, missing school, so on and so forth, go easier on them. That's you know you want to talk about systemic racism. That to me that's systemic racism because you're denying them that discipline that is necessary in order for them to achieve freedom. In order for them to achieve success that brings the freedom 
you want to keep them enslaved. You can act out. You can be bad. Other people won't want to work with you, hire you, and then you can just blame the system. The system that they've created is a system in your head. That's real oppression. You want to talk about systemic problems? We can do it. And we'll do an episode on that. We'll talk about there's real systemic racism going on in this country. Yes, there is. I know a lot of people on the right and conservatives don't like to, they don't like to acknowledge that, but there is. But those systemic problems come in the form of creating this box and this narrative that people live in. That you can't overcome it. That you need government to help you. You need it. So you run to it every election cycle. And the Republicans, the conservatives, the libertarians, they fall flat. Their message just falls on deaf ears. Nobody wants to hear that. They ain't giving us nothing. How are we going to survive? What? You don't want to give us free health care or we're all going to die. I got to do this on my own? Ugh. That's 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 the real issue right there. That's the real you want to get down to the meat of this, you want to get down to the core root of the problem. People don't think they can overcome their problems. I grew up in a dysfunctional household, therefore I'm going to be dysfunctional. Thank you, white supremacy. Hopefully one day you'll wake up and change. Until then, I guess I'll go commit another crime. Not take care of my kids. Go get another abortion. Ain't my fault. Okay, hopefully you find it in your heart to one day do something you haven't done for 400 years, right? Care. Until then, I sit here on, on the couch playing PlayStation, smoking weed, drinking 40s, talking about how I can't ever get ahead. I'm depressed. I got to suffer from depression, dog. That's how I am. I have mood swings. I'm bipolar. They diagnose me. They give me all this medication just to calm me down. Because I have mood swings. Bipolar. Doctor said so. They make a lot of money off of these. Pfizer makes a lot of money off giving me these bipolar medication. This is a problem. They've engineered us to become slaves. And this whole great reset, this whole agenda is going to take place because we have allowed ourselves to become dependent. The way that we overcome this, the way that we reject this agenda, and people are always talking about, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to Everybody just talking. Nobody has no answers. Because the answers are not simple. We can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden it just, no, this takes time. We have to cultivate a new culture. A culture of self-sufficiency, of independence. Government needs to go back to doing what it was supposed to do. We need to stop making all these weird departments, all these weird, you know, di <laughs> diversion, diversity, equity, and inclusion, all these different things that just pay people six figures. Do speaking engagements and get thousands of dollars to do speaking engagements and live well and write books. And run classes and seminars that get paid lots and lots of money and receive lots and lots of donations to do absolutely nothing. To tell people that you ain't nothing but a slave.
by the way, the great architects of all this are going to come in here and save you. You better ask for it. Don't vote in the people that want you to stand on your own two feet. Don't 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 even listen to those people. They're racist. They don't want to help you. They don't want to give you something. It's because they're racist. That's why. Culture has to change. We need a culture shift. That's the big problem. The culture is a dependent culture. The culture is a victim culture. The culture is a culture of one that doesn't want to stand on its own and is afraid to even go down the path of self-sufficiency and independence and freedom. True liberty-minded people don't feel like that. True people that have overcome all this inferiority complex and see themselves as being superior stand on their own two feet. That's what we need to get back to. That's if we're going to have a change, if we're going to defeat this, and I talk about it all the time, and I know people are, well, I'm just going to change my mind. Yeah, you have to change your mindset, and you have to change the next person. I don't allow people in my circle to talk like that. you got to be a leader. People get to talking about, oh, you know, we need to, you know, the government need to do that. I'm like, man, what government? It's crazy, because you hear, like, you know, I, I, I take it back to, like, being raised on hip hop, right? And there's a line in 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 Jay Z's um, "Where I'm From" on his second on his second album in my lifetime. Now Jay Z has gone super woke. He's now pushing this whole, you know, victim ideology. Even though even though you come from the bottom of the bottom, Marcy Projects in Brooklyn, and you've pulled yourself up out of there with a talent that you've had, you've been able to market something give it to people that people wanted this is how you this is how you do it this is how you think entrepreneur hustler you know what i mean you have something that people want you're able to market it package it get it to people like this is real right so he that's that was your path that you took and now you're trying to get tell people that is you know you can't you know we need we need the government to, you know what i'm saying but in the line he has a line he said he said he said and government f government we politic ourselves that's what he says on that line right there. How did we go from that to please Obama come and save us? Please uh, uh, Maxine Waters come and save us. Think about that. This is why this I you know this why this I know these celebrities are nothing but shills because they got to get their projects done and the people that fund their projects are the people that have the money and these are the people that are engineering this whole great reset in this culture of victim ideology and whatnot but hip-hop was born and it was and it thrived off of that independent get it out the mud accept no handouts stand on your own two feet type of mentality and now it's serving nothing but the opposite but yeah you know we'll talk about that some other time Got to change the culture, man. Got to change the culture. Got to change the culture and make this culture one that will we independence. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna let the people around me talk about I can't. You know, I said this before. Like when I, we started our classes, and I'm talking to these guys that are just getting out of prison. I said I don't want to hear about no victim. I don't want to hear about how, you know, it's this or it's that or it's your dad or it's the police or it's your teachers or it's your environment. And this, I don't want to hear about none of that. Because if you say that, and if you proclaim that, then that means you have to wait until those entities that you think are holding you back decide to change their mind, and they're not going to.
you have to change yours. You have to say, besides all that, yeah, everybody has their struggles. Everybody has things they have to overcome. Overcome it. Overcome it. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to be poor. You choose these things. It's on you. Your destiny is in your hands. And the more we decide to take it out of our hands and put it into their hands, then the more less control that we'll have, less power we'll have. But let's bring power back to the people by choosing self-determination. That's how we win. Their message falls on deaf ears when we start saying food stamps. Welfare. Man, I, I can take care of myself. What else you got? Free health. I mean, I'll pay for that. I don't worry about that. What else you got? How are you going to defend my, my rights? How are you going to ensure that my rights aren't infringed upon? That's all I care about. You change the culture in that way. Great reset. Man, get out of here. That's all I got. Till next time, my name is Che. This is No Spoon Podcast.